Hello, welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Brand Boulevard. My name is Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. I'm Trevor Lindy. So we wanted to chat today um, about the new, so uh, for those that are listening, we are recording now specifically September 23rd, 2020. September 3rd, not 23rd. September 3rd. Sorry, and there's a reason why I just did that. September 3rd, 2020, um, and uh, in that time frame, our Minister of Finance, uh, former Minister of Finance, Bill Morneau, has been given the boot, and he also quit as an MP in the House of Commons. Uh, Minister Chris, Christa Freeland has been appointed not only as Deputy Minister, but also as the Minister of Finance. And she and uh, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has just prorogued Parliament. And we are expecting a speech from the throne on September 23rd. On September, and in the last 48 hours, 72 hours, we've also gotten a, an announcement from our new Minister of Finance, Christian Freeland, that not only... Are they were they extending CERB until the end of September, making it a 28 benefit? They are also creating a new, if you could, EI program where the requirement is only going to be 120 hours to qualify, and you will transition from CERB over to the EI program. And if you're in the gig economy and you are um you don't like you. You don't pay into EI as an example. They've created a four hundred dollar a week benefit, uh, maximum twenty six weeks, um, that you can transition into uh, as well after after CERB is done. Um, the what is being we're hearing a lot of rumors right now. What's going on in the throne speech? We just really don't know what's going what's going to be happening. So if you're listening. After September 23rd, we apologize because we just don't know right now. Um, What's some so, of the speculation, right? Well, speculation is is some sort some form of a universal basic income. Uh, there's going to be uh, there's rumors on some form of a national pharmacare program. There's uh, you got to remember that we're in a minority parliament, so they're going to be need to be propped up by another party. Yeah. Yeah. People are thinking the NDP and the NDP are big on a universal basic income or a national pharmacare program. Um, so the, the key that's going to be, uh, I don't know, from a financial guy that, that's watching the markets, my, my big thing is when these social benefits run out, what's the impact going to be on the economy? Mm-hmm. So there was a uh, great article or a great webcast that I was a part of. Um, the chief economist for the national bank was on one of them. And, uh, he basically said that, uh, the date I might get wrong. So I apologize, but as at the end of July 31st is how I understood is how I understood this to be the case. Um, there was a, that the, the lost wages in the economy was around $44 billion. Yet 
the social benefits that had been paid out at during the same time period, right, um, was $65, $69 billion. So the federal government, in worrying about the wages that would be lost, actually overpaid into the economy by an additional $20 billion. Um, so Jump change. Yeah, fuck, change. That's what I was thinking. Well, yeah. I mean, when you've got a $343 billion deficit, I mean, that's less than 10% of the deficit. But yes, still. Margins of scale. But, but to be also only 900, I think it was only $900 million, uh, which is around one third of what was actually budgeted in the Canadian um, rent subsidy uh, benefit. Um, they, they only paid out less than one third of what actually was being thrown around. It's so, a terrible product, though. It was a terrible product. Right? Well, your your landlord was your landlord had to apply. Yeah. And what landlord is going to apply for a rent subsidy that they actually have to fork out twenty five percent in the province of Ontario? They have to fork out twenty five percent. That just doesn't make any sense. And assume the liability for if the tenant isn't eligible parameters correct for not being enti- entitled. Right. right. The the burden of the liability was saddled with the landlord, right? Right. And, f- and for that, go back and listen to uh, the episode with John Icola. Yeah. What was that? Sorry. I mean, sorry for those that want more on the, uh, uh, what is it? The, the emergency. Um, Secra. 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 Thank you. Yes. Those that want info on Secra, John Icola from a previous episode. Go back and listen to that one. Yep. So that that's Continuing basically on. no. So that's basically what we're what we're uh, talking about right now. That's basically the topic of conversation because we're getting a lot of emails regarding uh, regarding that. So um, yeah. So I just wanted to get the. I just wanted to. I just pulled up right now. Uh, Stefan Marion from National Bank. He's the chief economist from National Bank. Um, government pushed out $65.3 billion in income supports out the door, but only $44.6 billion during the same time period in lost wages has been measured. So mm. the net is at $20.7 billion in income injection in the economy so far. That's good. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of, I guess, why I wanted to bring that up. So uh, more to Trevor and then to Josh. Uh, from the legal perspective, but Trevor, from the CERB perspective and the benefits perspective, if you want to touch on uh, applying for a mortgage and applying for th- those types of things, that, that would be great. Okay. So the mortgage itself, if you're collecting CERB, there is no, uh, you, we're playing a game of, monop- game of monopoly. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. So you can't apply for a mortgage. Uh, for the most part, you know, I, around here in Niagara, the only people that we're really seeing that still aren't back entirely are either I've got some clients where they're stuck at home because the kids haven't been in school. So I suspect, and their businesses or places of employment do have people working again. 
So I can see that next week, uh, saying this because we're recording on some t- September 3rd, when kids are back in school, that that'll be changed back. Um, so there's, there's that piece. Uh, employment insurance, unless you're in a seasonal employment role, you're not using that to qualify either. So the transition from, from CERB over to employment insurance really isn't going to make any impact, I don't think. And the last part, if there is ever, you know, the implementation of a universal basic income, I think it's going to be a while before banks, lenders, and credit unions will actually accept it. And the reason I say that is because when the government made changes on the childcare benefits, when we used to have the, um, the provincial and the federal portion, so the federal portion you used to get was $160 a month per child, and then everybody got that amount, and then based on your income would determine the provincial level, we'll call it, of how much, whether you get more or, or very little more. Uh, the reason I bring that I'm chopping. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully on the actual recording. I know when, when we've experienced this before where there has been lag um, on the actual recording itself because it's recording on my end seems to be okay um, and not as bad. But anyways, sorry, I, I digress. Back to what I was saying. Um, it took a while to get basically every lender on board with the CCB. So a UBI, universal basic income, I don't think uh, lenders will accept for quite some time, Um, kind of like a a tried and tested model that the government's going to keep it around for a while before they'll they'll start to accept it. Does that answer your question about from the lending perspective? Yes, that's perfect, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, So, Josh. um, Yeah. From the legal perspective, what do you what do you kind of see uh, with respect to the CERB? Yeah, just from the CERB, and just are there any fallouts that you're that you that your uh, profession is kind of having as a a lookout as an asterisk for any? Not of that at this point in time. We're okay. actually, you know, what fortunately we've gone through the ugliness. The, the big transition for us is, and as we made mention of in in previous. Uh, uh, podcast is that when people went over to the CERB, they were laid off. So their impl- their income was no longer secured. So if they had qualified for the mortgage at that point in time with a certain record of letter of income or how do you call it? Trev? Like they have to supply proof of income, right? Like in terms of a letter from the employer or yep. Yep. stuff. Um, so then now they weren't, oh, you are- they weren't able to satisfy that requirement way too laggy. for the mortgage. So some of the lenders were on the cusp in terms of whether they were going to advance right when this uh, pandemic initially hit so yeah we, we we were we were puckered for sure and we were sitting on edge because we weren't certain certain whether they were going to uh, fund some of the transactions so a couple of them we had, we had to stick handle but now, we, now we relatively unscathed sorry to, to to expand on that now, normally what would happen is lenders would want, you know, for a regular employed, whether it be hourly or salary individual, they want a letter of employment and pay stub. Um, those used to be a 30 day requirement. So essentially as long as they are within the last 30 days, they're acceptable. Uh, no questions about it, but the, the, every lender has basically changed their policy now that states letter of employment. There's still some wiggle room. They'll still do 30 days, but on the commitments now, 
they don't even say 30 days for pay stub. It must be dated within the last 14 days. Wow. So they're, they, they are not fooling around. I even submitted a file actually with, okay. with letters of employment and everything ahead of time. Uh, and the lender still came back after the fact and said, we want a new one. And I, I've had some colleagues actually faced with that as well, where lenders have been asking, you know, on files that have a little bit of a longer close for more, yeah. more documents yeah. or updated documents. Excuse me. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much where we're at right now. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting in the next couple in, in, in the coming weeks, what that's going to actually look like. Um, I'm pretty much following it closely from a market perspective. Um, because I just, you know, if you've got an extra, in, in Canada, for example, an extra $20 billion when you measure the wages during the middle of March till the end of July uh, and the CERB that's been paid out. Well, what do you got? You've got, there's a couple people that, there's, there's two instances that are happening there. One, the most common is the people are making more on CERB than they were previous uh, in the same period last year so they must be part-time workers they must be students they must be whatever that's the only reason that they can that they can do that mimic um and they must have been part-time and they're making more on serb during the same time period as they were previously yep or two you got a bunch of people that are choosing not to work they're choosing not to go back to work because they're making, they can make more money or they can make equal to the same amount of money that they uh, could have made and not even have to work. So you've got a double whammy that's happening right now. And then there's the potential of three. And we know of a couple of people. I know of a couple people. I don't have, uh, this is all um, circuit. This is all like speculative, like, kind of know when they're not clients or anything like that nature, but that are double dipping that have an industry where they can still collect CERB and still, you know, earn an income or they're on one provincial um, benefit and like EI or ODSP. As an what about example. a pension? What do you mean? Somebody that's on a pension, but they've got a part-time job. They're, they've yep. been allowed to collect CERB as well. They no, are right? allowed, that, that's right. They're allowed to collect CERB and they're on a pension. That's 100% correct because they lost their job and they were told to go home. Yep. Yeah, but under pensionable earnings, you can only make so much money, I think, before. Oh, no. No, no. no, no CPP. That would be a disability, like an ODSP, though. Correct. Yeah, yeah, the only to, one, the income-tested uh, OAS would be the no, only one with and, any type and, of clawback. No, oh, no, no, no. OAS and GIS. Yeah. GIS. What's GIS? Or, or, the guaranteed income supplement. So yes, there's, there's two. There's yeah. two. Or they're, the ODSP, they're though, I, too. ODSP, you, can't, you can only make a certain amount of money because otherwise then correct. you start. Yes. <laughs> o, 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 ODSP and, and EI. Yeah. And EI yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Right? So there's, there's a couple of different circumstances, but the thing is, is that it, it's so overwhelmed right now that they haven't been able to catch up. So the question goes, we know from economists, chief economists of financial institutions, that there's a surplus 
of 50% of the lost wages in the economy right now, what's going to happen when they start going after that money, right? Like it's going yeah. to be taxed. All that money is going to be taxed. Yep. Well, see, but there, they have that, that $40,000 incentive we talked about before, remember? And you, yep. you only have to pay back 30. Apparently Tim Hudak's going after it for the realtors right now. And they just announced that the realtors are going to be eligible for this shortly, where they can get that $40,000 for a, a small business loan. And then they, they get the benefit of paying back 30, which I find kind of weird because we needed it back in March, April. Yeah. But now we've caught up more or less, right? So now we're booming. I, I can't speak for everybody. I'm sure there's agents out there that are, like if you're a, a new agent, you're going to have a hard time in this kind of market buying, which most new agents buy only. And listing agents really can rule the world right now, but there's a, a, a shortness of, of supply. But he's pushing hard for all realtors to be eligible for that $40,000 incentive right now to stimulate, yeah. which yeah, me, yeah. I'm yeah, caught up it, now, but I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But 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 the end of the, but the end of the day, there, Jeff. Like you're going to owe all that money back by the end of December 2021. And when the piper starts calling, thirty grand of it, not forty. Yeah, yeah. Still so you're thirty thousand dollars. Ten grand, ten grand, and you can. Like if I were to do it, I'd say take the even if you put it in a in a, a GIC. GIC. Yeah, you take the forty grand, you put it in a GIC, you pay thirty grand back. Back when in that forty grand is now forty six, right? It's a free ten k, sixteen grand. And and but here's the here's the issue though, the issue is that there are requirements surrounding the forty thousand dollars. Now I cannot sure. speak to I yep. cannot speak to what those requirements will be for realtors. Yep. That's new, but I know that there are requirements. Reduction of earnings, right? Right. That yep. that that are attached to that 40,000. So we knew, uh, I'm talking about our company, we never put any, we never, we never laid anybody off. We never reduced any salary. Never, we, we never went on CERB and we never had anybody on the wage subsidy. Yeah. Um, but we qualified for the $40,000 one. Um, fine. But that was more for, cause at the time it was like rent, like, well, crap, yeah. what, what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of realtors don't have rent. They don't like they, they work from home. They have, yeah, they have office space, but they don't have, they got mortgages and they got costs and they got leases. And like, I, the way it worked for me in March, April, I didn't sell anything. I was scared. Didn't want to go anywhere. And I didn't affect, like I didn't get a paycheck in July, which is rare for me. It also was like, Oh geez, I didn't get anything in July, but now, now I'm, I'm caught up. And like the next half of the year, it's going to be like, I won't even have time to spend money. <laughs> you know, it'll be crazy so to me it's just odd timing that they're coming out now it must be for some of the hurting agents that you know that, that they're probably on the fringe of of not being able to do it anymore right so i can see that but there's got yeah you, there's got to be qualifications i imagine yeah you called so, it very early though jeff i remember i remember talking to you i think it was uh i think it was in early june and you said July, August, September, October are going to be insane, and it, they are absolutely insane. And I, and I said, you know what? I'm probably not going to make any income until I at all. And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have one income check at all in all of July. I go, oh my god! No. I thought it was the end of the world, and now it's you know it's it's nuts now. It's all caught up now, but it's poof. It was a little nerve wracking. So you mean you kind of lost your marbles and you kind of went nuts and you worried for nothing? That's odd. No, that's not hey, like you. Hey, relax. That's not hey, like you. I told you COVID was going to be something. You're like, I, that's oh, not it's like a cough you, and a sniffle. And that's not like not you, Captain. Change anything, uh, and I won't do it. My leg hurts. I've got cancer. Quick, let's change. go see the doctor. 
I oh, need insurance. Nah. <laughs> exactly. Get some. Brandon, you're uh, like Rudy Gobert. Oh, geez. the basketball player. Freaking. Anyway. He crushed in the last game of the year. He did. So. But listen, I, here's my two cents on it, Brandon. I, yeah. think, I think there's definitely people that are taking advantage of it, right? 100%. I think that there's people that are pushing revenues into different months in order to, you know, there's those people out there. It's an unavoidable. And I don't know that the government's going to be able to catch those or police it, right? Right. Well, my whole, no, but that's not my issue. My, 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 my point is, is yeah, take the $40,000 loan. Fine. That's great. That's a great financial strategy. Put yep. into a GIC. I, I, th that's a smart fiscal move. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, people aren't doing that. No. They get $40,000 or they get $2,000 a month. They're making it rain. Oh, yeah. And, and when the Pied Piper comes a calling for that money and newsflash, they will. Yep. You're going to see a lot of people hurting. There is going to be there is going to be a rut. I just don't know when it's when it's going to hit. Yes, right? exactly. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Um, we're right now 22 minutes. Uh, so I don't want to go any longer. But just an FYI to our listeners, be be vigilant. Um, start preparing for that tax bill of the $2,000 a month that you, you may or may not have gotten on CERB. And there is an EI program for you to transition to in October. And you can go to the Canada.ca in order to get more information. Sorry, um, before we sign off, do we know any other particulars in terms of uh, amendments to the EI in terms of how long it would be or if there's uh, so if the it's minimum? Comparable? Yeah, so that's fine. So, yes, that's a really good question. The requirement usually is 600 hours, they've reduced it to 120. Uh, that's if you qualify for EI. And then on top of that, you um, uh, the minimum benefit for EI will now be 26 weeks and can go up to 52. Okay. And then there's the gig economy EI, which is a $400 a week benefit. And that can go for 26 weeks as well. Okay, perfect. So, Thank you. This is, this is as of September uh, 3rd. So again, apologies. Information is subject to change. Information <laughs> yeah, is subject to change, especially during these COVID times. So I want to make that asterisk right now. Um, so thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate it. Share, care, and uh, spread the word. Um, go ahead, Josh. Help us help you stay informed. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. 
Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hey, 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 hey. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.